Good morning. Welcome to Trinity. And uh, yeah, if I've not had a chance to say hello to you, uh, I'm Andrew and I lead the team here. Why don't you uh, just say hello to the person next to you? If you can't remember their name, you've been sitting beside them for 20 years, you are allowed to say, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. If you are sitting between a husband or a wife, you know, beside, probably choose a different form of words. You might need to turn round and say hello. That would be radical. Right, that's, uh, that's enough. So, uh, friends, not too, come on, come on, some of you are taking this too far, you've forgotten it's church. Too many smiles, let's put a stop to that. Let's put a stop to that. No, welcome. Huge welcome. Uh, one of the things that about us as Trinity, if you, if you are joining or if you've been here a while, and wasn't that amazing? You know, Izzy been volunteering, volunteering for 21 years in Kids Church, and she's only just begun because, uh, of course, you know that, don't you? Isn't that amazing? But a big church like ours, it's, it's glorious to have all the resources, but it is tough to get to know people, isn't it? And, and that's why we promote Alpha, if, you, if you're not sure where you are with God, Alpha Element. If you're joining our church, we really encourage you. If you've been a Christian for a long, long time or not very long, we really encourage you onto Element because you'll get to know some people as well as other things. Uh, someone who's a good friend, Patrick, is going to read for us Psalm 127. Patrick. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you for reading. And, and Patrick was reading from the New Living Translation. And I've got the, the New International Version uh, up on the screen. It's always great, isn't it, to read uh, the same passage in slightly different versions. It, it helps actually promote, doesn't it? So uh, New Year, New Year. Anyone else of a kind of New Year DIYer? Kind of, you know, when you take the Christmas decorations down? I, I, I really love it when the Christmas decorations come down. We have a fight in our house. Nikki loves Christmas. I'm not so sure about it. Uh, I'm more of an Easter person because that's because I'm holy. Um, but, um, but also kind of, I like to get into the new year and I like, you know, taking down the decorations. And one of the things I like about taking down the decorations is uh, all those jobs that you end up doing along the way. 
You know those little clearing jobs? I'm seeing a few nods. Um, one of ours was the doorbell. So if you've come to the, the Blythe household, the Blythe home, uh, for several months, you'll have seen us. Well, we actually didn't put a sign up for a long time, which was a major mistake. Um, and so people just thought we weren't in. It was perfect. Didn't get disturbed by anybody. You know, it was really, really, really lovely. Um, then, then the sign came up. You know, doorbell doesn't work if you don't hear it knock hard. Yeah, you know that sign? And then you, you have that game, don't you? You know, uh, will, will the Amazon delivery driver have found us or not? I mean, you know, they're pressing the bell and taking pictures, but there's no one at home, literally, they think. And, and the, the dog has been, uh, Alfie is our, our homemade do doorbell. You know, anyone gets within 20 yards of our, of our door, then he's, he's barking away. Uh, anyway, finally, I got round to mending the doorbell. And so now... With confidence, you can come, ring on the doorbell, and notice it not being answered to you. So, <laughs> but at least you will have thought that I might have, might have heard. Um, I wonder what, here's a little kind of, you know, preachers do this, don't they? Uh, I wonder what the doorbell of your heart and your own home, uh, as in your close relationships, yes, so as in the place that you live, the place that, that you rest in, but as the Bible talks about the home and the house and household, and as the psalm writer is talking about it, it it's got a sense of, the Greek word is oikos, it's, it's that network of close relationships, so some of us that will be biological family, Others of us, it, it, it will be um, the kind of relational family. I'm guessing lots of us have aunts and uncles who, who just turn out to be, well, we're not related to them in a, a blood way, but they are, 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 you know, those kinds of relationships. But also your, your neighbours, and, and for many of us kind of in our culture, also the people that we work with or we serve with. And I wonder what the doorbell you know, to them is, is like? Is it, is it working well? You know, those, those, those people, they can, they can press that doorbell. They can, they can come on into your life. Your, your life is open to them. Uh, or is it, is it broken and you haven't bothered to mend it because you prefer it that way? Uh, or does it have a sign on it which says something like, doorbell doesn't work, knock really hard on me and I might just let you in. We're, we're in a season, many of you know, as a, as a church family, 21 days where we're, we're thinking about, about how do we seek God at the beginning of a new year in a, a new chapter. A reference was made earlier to a gathering that was in this space of people from across the country who were hungry about prophecy, hungry about hearing God's voice today, hearing what God wants to say into our lives. That's what prophets do, don't they? And those of you in the room who have the gift of prophecy, what's God saying to us as a church family we need more of you, please. What's God saying? And we're, we're seeking. And, and they were encouraging us because there was a lot there about, about the Bible practices of fasting and prayer. And it's always the two together, isn't it? The fasting and prayer is, is the scripture pattern. We have an inheritance of, of 2,000 plus years of, of, of tradition of how to connect with God. 
And we call it a framework. We call it our rule of life framework. There's a a slide just going up on the screen just to remind you about it. Keeping God at the centre of everything. It's, It's at the back if you want to take one. And we have these headings that we've inherited from those who've traveled this road before us. And we've got, we, we, the way we phrase it is prayer and scripture, but then rest. I hope you know we're meant to work out of rest, not work to rest. It's a huge problem, isn't it? That's huge. God's seventh day state, Genesis tells us, he made the whole of world, looks and sees it's good and he rests, shalom, peace, everything in its right place. Relationships, work and service, those are our headings. And, and under that kind of first one, we've got fasting and prayer, to, uh, stopping doing something which is good, uh, feeling hungry physically to excite our spiritual hunger. And when we excite that spiritual hunger, what do we do? Well, we listen to God. We pray. So if you're here and you are making space, sacred space in your life over these 21 days, I hope, I pray that you're inviting God into it in a really positive way through prayer. If you haven't been doing it yet, Not too late. God doesn't keep a little tally chart of blessing and favour. God wants to see our hearts. So even in this moment, if you're feeling a prompting and different people are fasting in different ways, food is the predominant way in Scripture, isn't it? The Bible says, uh, Jesus said, when you fast, and he meant when when you deny yourself the goodness of food in order to say, actually, God, you're number one, even greater than this honest goodness. I want my spiritual hunger. I want my, my passion at the beginning of a new year, beginning of a new season, was being encouraged in this church from the prophetic voices yesterday. I've got a hunger for you that's greater greater than than even food and some of you will know you know there are three ways in scripture just quickly today uh, you can have an inward heart focus with fasting that's what we're doing isn't it we're we're seeking God and we're saying God want more of you want to be hungry for you but you can also secondly through fasting you can have an outward circumstances focus there's a challenge coming up there's a decision coming up there's something that's not shifting in my life and scripture talks about fasting in those circumstances circumstances and then there can be a forward action focus you know if you're about to do something or you're starting something new or there's a a new season that is opening up for you then fasting with that kind of focus is powerful last week we were reminded weren't we and again it was really interesting one of the speakers yesterday referenced this directly as, as a key thing having a soft heart to God and listening to the voice the whisper we were looking at an old testament figure Elijah many of us will be familiar don't worry if you're not but Elijah you know we were reminding ourselves wanted God to prove himself in a big way he wanted God to to dramatically defeat all those who said God is 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 you know is unreal and he had a big big fight a big sort of barney with the prophets of Baal on a mountain and he thought that when the fire came down to to water soaked a uh, water soaked sacrifice altar fire everyone would then say yes it must be true God is God but they didn't and we were saying weren't we how often in our lives maybe you're right now right this moment even now with something big that you're facing and say well God if you just 
If you just did it in this big way, if you, then everyone would know. You know, if you're someone like, you know, in full-time ministry, maybe you do as well. Sometimes I sit and I think, which, you know, which television celebrity, if they were to become? Do you, do you ever get those th- feels when you sort of get a bit of an instinct? Nikki and I sometimes watch things. We're watching the traitors at the moment, just, you know. And, and one of them's a Christian, we know. And, oh, well, you know, if they just were to say something on national TV about that, then everybody would... So tempting, isn't it? Such a worldly way of thinking. Elijah had this way of thinking. And God came and he sent an earthquake because he can. And he sent fire because he can. But he wasn't in those things. He was in a whisper. You had to really listen carefully to hear our doorbell sometimes. Are you, are you listening for the whisper of God in a new season? Because as the slide is already saying, God moves, doesn't he, where he's wanted. Again, last week I said a bit more fully. God is, of course, everywhere, but he is manifest. His glory, his presence is revealed so often in the Bible and in our experience where he's really wanted. Where the, the, the door is opened to soft hearts. Many of you be familiar with this painting, or the, here's a little extract from this very pain, famous painting, Light of the World, Holman Hunt. It's portrait rather than landscape in its fullness. But I just wanted to just extract this little bit of it. It's it's based, many of you will know, on Revelation, last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3.20, where Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. Famous, famous verse. And it was one or two of you. You know you're here today because you have a sense that, that Jesus is knocking on the door or pressing the doorbell of your heart right now. Right this moment. And there he is. There's this picture that Holman Hunt paints and the, 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 the door is covered in ivy and the hinges are rusty. And it's, it's dark, but there's a light around, around Jesus' face. There's a light in the sky. You can't see in his hand. He's carrying a light. The light has come and he's knocking on the door and the door handle is on the inside. It's on your side, my side. It's a beautiful painting. Have a look at it sometime in its fullness. Some of you for the first time, right now, this second, in the name of Jesus, I speak the truth that he is knocking on the door of your heart. The handle is on your side. In this moment, right now, 11.04 by that clock, will you open the door? And say, yes, come in. I need you. You are the answer. Others of you, you've got some rusty hinges. 
You've got some ivy. You've got some DIY jobs to do like me at the beginning of a, of a new year. I don't know what that ivy is. I don't know what that rusty hinges are. You may be very upset with church for very good reason. You may be upset with leaders of churches for very good reasons. You may be disappointed with God. You may feel let down by God. If you do your forgiveness list, who do I need to forgive first? You put God at the top and then you put you number two. You've got to forgive yourself. I don't know what that ivy is. I don't know what those rusty hinges are, but I know that Jesus, the light of the world, the saviour of the world is knocking. Soft hearts. Can you hear him? Last week, hearts, soft hearts. This week, our homes, as we read in, in that Psalm 127, as I've already said, the, the Bible is talking here more about just than it is talking about your physical place of, of rest. Luke, um, uh, but it's talking more about your household. Luke 15, 5. There are three parables in Luke 15, aren't there? Many of us know that Jesus talks about when he talks about people being lost and needing to be saved, just as I've said to you, people who need to hear the knock on the door and open it. And in all three of them, when the... When when the coin is found or the, the sheep is found or when the son is found, when, when the reporting back goes, the joy is shared with friends and neighbours. Luke 15, 5, uh, when, the she- when the shepherd finds the sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends, neighbours together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. He celebrates with the, with the oikos. So that's the territory after that bit about heart that we're in just for a moment. Let's linger for a moment in these verses. First bit of Psalm 127. Thank you, Patrick, again for reading. Here it is in the NIV. So it's a a psalm of ascent. It's a psalm that the pilgrims said as they ascended towards the city of Jerusalem. Can't mention Jerusalem at the moment, can we, without a arrow prayer to God for the Middle East and what's going on in Israel and Gaza Here's a psalm that was said and sung as they ascended towards Jerusalem for their religious festivals. It's of Solomon. Solomon, who was meant to be the white, you know, is classified as the wisest of the wise. All human wisdom, but, but, but spiritual wisdom. These are words that Solomon felt. Unless the Lord builds the house. And, and house here has got all the different resonances of meaning. You know, physical little home where you are. Home in terms of the oikos, in terms of, in terms of the network of your close relationships. 12 to 15 people, perhaps, who you contact with and connect with most. But it's also house as in dynasty. The house of Gucci. I know about it. I don't wear it. So here, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, Solomon talking about home and city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. God wants to bless your home. God wants to bless you in your oikos. God wants to bless your, your house. He wants to. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your relationships. He wants to bless your family. And what makes the difference? What's the how? 
Turn to your neighbour if you've still remembered their name. Or just think about what, what's the how? What makes the difference between receiving God's blessing and not receiving God's blessing? Go on, you do the teaching for yourselves. Turn to your neighbour. The, the, you know, say what you see. Anyone like catchphrase? Can we pop it back up, those verses? Thanks, Rebecca. You're doing a brilliant job. Is that okay? Just to, yeah. Say what do you see? What do you see? Go on. Someone shout it out. What's the difference? Hope. Hope. The Lord building it. Say what you see. It gives hope. The Lord is the Lord, Lord of your home. Is the Lord Lord of your oikos, your close relationships, your family, nuclear, biological, relational, online, whatever you you know, fill in the dots. For those of you who, who have daily activity, paid, unpaid, you go into the office tomorrow. I've already said in this church many times, you are chaplain to your office space. You are chaplain to that space where you, where you serve. You are chaplain to the WI. You are chaplain to wherever you are. You are chaplain to the men in sheds. Okay, you know that, don't you? Because I'm not. praise God I won't be there with you tomorrow you will be and when you go into that space when you meet your neighbours over the fence as we did this morning as we gave them back their greenhouse (laughs) we're lovely Christian people Um, is the Lord invited invited into the partnership do you notice that the partnership It's the Lord and the watchman in the city. They have a job to do, but without God, it's in vain. The builders have a job to do. These ones turn up. It's good news. They... In partnership, God wants to partner with you in the building of your home, your house, your your network. But, But in the way of God, because God moves where he's wanted... You have to choose if you want God in, you know, you have to, it's significant to choose to say, God, come in. So just as with the personal, as I shared last week, I'm really good as a a minister of religion, which is what I put on my passport, as as a lead part. I'm really good with at least, because I'm holy, 99% of my life, of my heart. It's easy to say to God, I have a soft heart, come on in, have your way, be Lord of all of my heart. Here I am, Lord, wholly available for you. But you know the truth, is a 1% or is it 10% or is it 40%? Because you can put on a good show. It, there's bits of my heart where I really have to work hard to say, God, I truly want you to be Lord of my heart. I have to really work at that. Ambition, need for affirmation, my finances would just be three straight off the top of my head that I can share with you honestly. I have to work hard at having a soft heart. Self-control, I'm very abrupt with people sometimes suddenly. 
I really, that, that, that's a bit of me that is not soft in a way that it needs to be. My humour works some of the time crunchingly awful. <laughs> and actually in difficult ways. You know, I can think I'm making a joke when for you it's really serious. So that is true for my heart. Good news if you're 100% with God. Please come up later and tell me about it. But if you need a softer heart in places, how are you inviting the Holy Spirit to come and do that work in you? How are you partnering? And the same is true for your home, your family, your household, your workplace, your serving place, wherever we're talking about today. Do you want God to move? It's a partnership. Without him, says the psalmist, it's toil and slog. You're, you're working to rest. You're not living out of rest. It's in vain because it won't last because you're building treasure on earth when you should be concerned about treasure in heaven. That's what the psalmist says. And with the greatest of respect to you and to me, it will be easy for you to say, of course this is true. Do you have, though, a completely open table? I, I don't. I want one, but I don't. Do I invite all, do, do I invite all the, fill in whoever you regard, the sinners in? I don't. That's the truth. I've got work to do. I've got work to do. In my chaplaincy to our amazing staff team, my leadership of the staff team tomorrow, I've got work to do. I need to invite the Holy Spirit in to work in my life, to work in my oikos, because otherwise I'm building in vain. I'm not building in partnership. Solomon, peak of human wisdom, knew what it was to build a home, a house, a city. He is pointing us to the truth about this, that we need God. Is God building your home, your house, at work in your family, nuclear, biological, relational, social, whatever? Verses three and five need to, need to just... Say something, don't I, about the children, the children bit. We can, I might have let, Rebecca, if I've let through various slides, if we can go up to, oh, you have, I need glasses. I do, you see, that's something I need to do. Now, children, okay, some of us in the room are desperate for children and don't have them. Some of us in the room desperate for a relationship, uh, you know, close relationship, don't have them. Some of us very comfortable being single. Mix of, mix of stuff in this room. Nikki and I have shared openly about our journey with IVF. Both of our two beautiful daughters are happy that we say that. So listen, friends, I hope you know, first and foremost, that we're all in this together. And I just, in a shorthand way, just want to have to, you know, want to say that. We're with you. We're with you. Church can be the worst possible place to be single. Uh, certainly can be horrendous to be if you're desperate to have children. That was Nikki and I, our experience. Really hard work. So thank you if you're here and it's really hard work to be part of this community. We are in it with you. We're in it together. Because first of all, we are a spiritual family. We're a spiritual family. You are not alone. You live in a world that is trying to tell you you're alone. You've got thousands of friends online and no real friends. You're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you and we're with you and we are for you. And so when it talks about children, we're in it together. 
We're in it together, aren't we? This is about generations. This is about how one generation passes on faith to the next generation. And friends, I have to hold my hand up. Our older generations, it was said yesterday, we haven't done a great job of it. Sadly. It's truth. Our church is very exceptional with the number of young people and children that we have. This is generations. There is specific here for those who do have biological children, but there's a bigger picture here. We do not outsource. Last week, who did I say who is primarily responsible for your growth as a follower of Jesus? Good. Second truth is we don't outsource our kids' work to Izzy and others. We don't outsource our youth work to the people who, they're not doing kids' work, they're not doing youth work for us. They're with the young people, they're with the kids as they journey as part of a community of faith. You are spiritual aunts and uncles and grandparents and grannies and nanas and odd puppers and brothers and sisters to them and to each other. The Jewish thought mindset was of the family being so much bigger, the oikos. And I want to ask you, are you dedicating whatever it looks like for you to the Lord? Here's the first thing you need to do, friends. What do I have to do today out of what Andrew is saying, perhaps, and challenging, and I pray the Lord? The first is, will you dedicate your home, your house, your network, your oikos to the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Joshua says to the people, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Jesus, picking up on the same household imagery in his call to obedience in the Sermon on the Mount, says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against it. That house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Will you dedicate your household this day to the Lord? What does that look like in practice? Well, it means that the values and the fruit of the spirit of Jesus in our lives are at work in your household. Here's just ones that I picked out of the, of the, uh, of the one another's. Uh, is this true of your family, your household, however God is prompting you to think about this teaching for you? Love. Does love abound in your home, in your family? Do you carry one another's burdens? Do you, do you have a value in your home about being kind to one another? Is this your culture? This is, this is how things are in my family. Do you forgive one another? Don't expect, if I can say this, friends, any blessing from God if you are not willing to forgive. We said it in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive as we have been forgiven. Christian forgiveness doesn't mean saying a bad thing suddenly becomes a right thing. Christian forgiveness isn't letting someone off the hook. Christian forgiveness isn't saying that one day everyone will stand before Jesus and give an account. Christian forgiveness is saying, I choose not to hold this against you. Are there any husbands, any wives in the room that need to forgive each other? 
Is there anyone here who has let anything get into your life and it's like a little black spot back in the distance? Well, it's now too late. It was so long ago. It would, it would be difficult to bring it up again. It would have a, pro, you know, it would better let sleeping dogs lie. Don't let sleeping dogs lie. Ring the doorbell. Let Alfie rise up. Deal with it. Deal with it. Because the evil one, the enemy, prowls around. He'd love to get into your foundations. He'd love to be a termite in your household. He'd love to be a woodworm in your beam of life. Get eradicating. Let the light shine. Do you build up one another? Those are just some that I picked up. Generosity, by the way, is about time, isn't it, as much as anything else. Are you generous with your time? Are you interruptible? One of the things we make as a family joke, which I, I really always feel in a double-edged way, is my girls will say, oh, yeah, this is daddy. I, I don't want my girls to remember me that way. Generous with time, interruptible. There, there are some things you might want to make some notes about. Second one is, is prayer. So dedicate. And the second is pray. Do you really pray earnestly, intentionally for your, for your household? Um, do you notice in the psalm he talks about arrows, children being like arrows in a quiver. Arrows have to be formed carefully. They have to be pointed in the right direction and fired with skill. Children need to be formed carefully, pointed in the right direction, and fired with skill. Okay? Church, family of God, as well as our individual parents here. We're in it together. And, and when we pray, and, and 1 Timothy 2, 1, so I urge, he said, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, and then for kings and in authority, and that, we'll come to that in a moment, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. In the light of all that Jesus has done for us, how do we pray for others? Parents, are you forming your children carefully? Are you pointing them in the right direction? Are you firing them off with skill? Um, prayer, that's what, again why we have this rule of life. Where's prayer in your daily life? Don't get to 21 days and desperately enjoy the pizza. By the way, someone reminded me, if you are doing a water fast, you don't go straight into pizza. Go for watermelon, apparently, is a wise thing. But, you know, it's not 21 days and then we can say, well, God, we've done that. Tick that box. Looking forward to the blessings. What's your rule of life? What's your framework? Where does prayer fit into your rule of life? You already have one, I always say. Is it producing good fruits? That's why we're in life groups. That's why we're in, we do alpha, we do elements. why I said what I said earlier. You can't do this on your own. So first dedicate. Have you dedicated it all to God? Are you willing to dedicate it all to God? right now secondly prayer are you going to get serious about prayer andrew church us last one are you going to use your home 
and your household as a place to serve the Lord. Did you notice the gates talking about at the city gates in that psalm? So the gate was where business was done, where justice was meted out and where political life happened in that society. It's a call to us for our homes. We are God's handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for Andrew, Tim and a few other on the team to do. Love it that scripture is so accurate. For us, for you, your chaplains, tomorrow on that Zoom meeting, in that Zoom meeting, in that call on the, you know, in Sainsbury's, other supermarkets are available. You're the chaplain, you're there to be ambassadors for Christ. To speak words of of kindness and love and to speak the gospel. Hospitality is, is, you know, the use of our homes. Who do you invite into your home? Actually, interestingly, David Baker said this a few years ago. Some of us know David. Who are you willing to go and have a meal with? I found that so challenging. I much prefer having you come to my house because I can control it. I find it genuinely harder sometimes to go to others because it's, it's more vulnerable, isn't it? Interesting challenge, that. Clearly just for me. Here's a quote, Rosaria Butterfield. Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes not as theirs at all, but as God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. They open doors. They seek out the underprivileged. They know, and here's the title of her book, that the gospel comes with a house key. I love that. I wish I did it, but I love it, and I want to. Final little slide. I've, I've adapted this from Parenting for Faith, and I'm just going to leave it for a moment as we come into land. And um, So these are five tools which we seek to apply in our kids' work from this organisation, Parenting for Faith. And uh, we try and reflect it in our all-age times. Um, So you might want to just notice this if you're a parent or a grandparent or uncle-aunt. You might want to notice it in that way. You may also want to notice these because I think they're so powerful for thinking about where you're going to be tomorrow. Okay, so here are the tools... That, that are encouraged for any of us who have any kind of sense of parenting, but I think they apply more work widely. Do you create windows into your life where someone can see, your children can see, others could see a real, a real relationship with God at work? The obvious one is, <laughs> what did you do at the weekend? <laughs> how you answer but it it may also be things like your screensaver it may be what you do put up in your office how do you create the windows into your life in in whatever is your oikos your network parents how do you really do this in in your parenting i'm sure a lot of us are but but there's a first tool the second one is, is flows on from it and is, is more specifically framing, to use the jargon, the language, how God works in all of life. 
So if you're a household where you go off and have conversations about money without your children being present, they're never going to learn about how to handle money as a Christian. If, if you're someone here who thinks that you try and hide from your children challenges that you face, that you're serving them well, you're not. If you, if you try to never share with your children doubts and how you face doubts, you're not nurturing them well. It's really important that, that people see they have frames into, into our lives. You, if you want your children to grow up with a generous spirit and heart, and particularly in the realm of money, for example, they need to know how you budget. How, how do you decide what is first? You see, Izzy and the lovely team over there, it's not their job to do it for you. You spend a lot more time with your children and your young people than they ever will. But the same is true for your colleagues at work. The same is true, the same is true. Prayer. First question asked on me on Alpha that started this week by someone in the pub. We, we do all the official bit and then we go to the pub and that's where people sidle up to and ask their questions. Said, um, Andrew, in the film it said that people can hear from God. Have you ever heard from God? How does that work? Do you hear an audible voice or what, what, what happens? Now that's somebody, I mean, praise God for Alpha, but that's someone who's never ever had a Christian alongside them saying, I, re I heard from God in this way, or I'm really challenged at the moment because I've been doing however many days of fasting and prayer and I still haven't heard from God. <laughs> Third one, unwinding misconceptions gently. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is an it. Christians believe that. What are the misconceptions that need to be unwound gently? Talking to this guy who comes from an avowed atheistic background, he said, it was when I realised that, that you don't believe in the God that, um, uh, oh goodness, I forgot his name, Richard Dawkins says you do. When I realised that you don't believe in that God either, that was the beginning of my journey. Fourth one, share about, to use the phraseology we use in kids, share about chatting to God, which means speaking to God in any way that, you know, in all the different ways, and then hearing from God, chat and catch. How was your weekend? Well, it was amazing because I've been talking to God for a little while now about something that's been really troubling me, me about you. No, about, <laughs> I heard him. Yeah, okay. And then surfing the waves of interest. With kids, this means spot the moment. Spot the moment and surf the interest. The same is true with the people you work with, you live with if they're not of faith, etc. Be attentive, surf the wave of interest. <laughs>